Uh, I have this, great story for the buyer. I hope, I hope the seller sees this someday. Part of me was like, oh, I wonder if I could just like, you know how I like to screenshot stuff and just send it on over to them. Uh, Do you know right. who the seller is? No, I just oh, know it's like yeah. North. Every exactly. single one of these stories so far has been like Northeast Florida. Florida. <laughs> That's what you said. I don't know what's happening. These are tough markets though. Welcome to the Real Estate Replay, highlights and consumer stories in real estate that the industry doesn't want you to hear. Hosts Wendy Gilch and Lindy Chapman are breaking down the good, the bad, the unethical, and sometimes illegal stories of recent home sellers and buyers. Learn what they did right, what they did wrong, and what they wish they would have done differently. It's the only real estate podcast that tells you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth about the industry. All right, so this story came from a real estate subgroup, and it's a 26-year-old single female who purchased a home uh, going through the listing agent, but there's plenty to it. So uh, it says that she bought the house. It was listed at 229, ranch style, about 10 minutes from her job. Um, they, the owner only wanted showings done from one to five on Sunday. And when she called the listing agent, she mistook me for another realtor and just gave me the code to come see the house by myself. She goes on to say how her dad was an inspector and on a whim, she felt kind of weird, but they ended up going to look at it. Uh, they really liked it. The house had a brand new roof. It was perfect for her. Uh, it was in Florida too. So it was set up perfectly for that weather, totally updated. Um, And so she wanted to make an offer. She had a friend who was a realtor, but he hadn't been very helpful. So she called the listing agent and asked her to be her agent as well. She said her tone changed completely when she saw those dollar signs of double commission and told me exactly what to do to get the house. Put 10K in escrow, offer over asking, ended up doing 8K over at 237. Most importantly, she told me to set the contract to expire at 8 a.m. on Monday. So she put this offer in on Sunday afternoon, evening, and said it expired Monday, next day at 8 a.m. She found out her offer was accepted, and she was one of five parties to view the house. She went on to say that she's really glad that the listing agent told her all this stuff because had the house been been on the market any longer, it certainly would have gone for way more over asking and been much more offers. So... Uh, as a seller, if your listing agent, well, I should backtrack. So did the seller get the best deal in your opinion in this scenario? I mean, obviously not, especially if the buyer feels like um, they got it at a bargain um, to set that expiration date early in order to get back into the commissions. Right. Um, definitely didn't. And, and she's, and here's the thing, the seller has paid for her to represent her. Right. Um, this is one of the problems with exclusive listings. It sounds great to be part of one of these big brokerages and have that exclusive listing where we've got hundreds of buyers and we're going to, we can possibly find the buyer before we go on the market. And, and maybe my house is 500 and maybe they bring me 525, but I don't understand, especially in Texas, it's a non-disclosure state that, Homes in my neighborhood are getting six hundred, not five twenty-five or five fifty, and up, and that's twenty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, right? Um, there's some people that don't care because time is money. They don't want people traipsing through their house, and that can be an option as long as it's transparent. 
But wow, for somebody like that, that could be leaving $10,000 on the table, which is significant in, in that price point. Right. Um, that's huge. Um, and, and that's the, and that's the problem. And, and in this case, it worked out really well for the buyer. I, I've, I've actually worked with buyers this way before to be a consultant when they were working with the listing agent and to make sure the price they were paying was correct um, and that they were getting represented and that they weren't overpaying or not being represented on repairs and stuff. But it's very hard, you know, how you say you can't serve two masters. Right. It's very hard to be neutral in that or right. to represent the best interest of your client, which in that case is always the seller because the seller's paying the buyer's agent's fee. Right. She she went on to say the house appraised at 245. Yeah, so it she got it listed, at 237. 237, it was yeah. listed at what, 229. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in this market, people are paying over what the appraisals come in um, or right at it. Uh, so again, great for the buyer. Um, right, know what right. You, and, and it just goes back to that, you know, know what you don't know. But this is why we're telling these stories. Right. People right. have to know these things. Right. And the industry needs to hear it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Hey, to go back to that beginning though, can an agent give a consumer um, the lock key box code to let them just, you know, that's an interesting thing because open door um, and some other companies like that do have, if the house is vacant, they will have a code and you log in and it's registered and they have cameras. They know when you come and go. So I guess technically the, the the real estate boards have made concessions for that. Um, you would have to have permission of the seller. You know, it depends on, I don't know the situation of this home, but right. typically, no, I, I would never do that as an agent. There's too much liability. Um, if, if the home is still owned by the seller, too much liability, there's no way to, I don't have the technology set up to track that, to make sure they've locked the door behind them. Right. So that sounds like in this case, if it was an individual agent and a traditional brokerage that um, with maybe a lockbox or something that they just, they, that was an oversight on her part, assuming that this was an agent um, rather than a consumer, which I'm not really sure why they would assume that, but. Right. Yeah. Uh, part of my little skeptical brain is like, I wonder if she realized she messed up giving that girl the code and then like wanted to make sure that it worked out in her favor. But yeah, the other interesting thing part about that is that she had a friend that was a realtor that was helping her. And then she said she what he wasn't helpful. And, um, and he, you know, and, and, but here's the challenge of it. Maybe he'd spent 10, 15, 20 hours helping her, but he didn't get paid. Right. Um, But then again, if she had continued with him, would she have gotten the house would have been her disservice. And so this is where this industry right now, it's not good for the agents. It's not good for the consumers, right. um, unless you really know the questions to ask to navigate it successfully. So if you are selling your home and your agent, I'm assuming they have to disclose to you if they're going to represent both sides. Like I'm sure you have to sign something, correct? If you do. So what I would recommend to anybody doing this would be to if you bring the buy, here's what I'm paying you on the on the listing side. I'm offering three percent, two and a half percent, whatever, to the buyer side. But if you're if you bring the buyer, if you find the buyer, the buyer calls you. I'm only going to pay you X, and it's not going to be exponentially more because I want to be. I want this to be a fair transaction. I want you to get paid what you're worth as my agent. Let's make it a win-win. And I mean, that's what I always did. I worked for a broker though, that really allowed me to kind of make things up as I went Mm -hmm. because I was bringing, I was finding buyers for my listings. And I just, I was able to 
be fair if I was only going to make a max of 3%. Right. And, and I always thought the deal was a whole lot easier to work out because I would sit down Mr. Smith on one side of the table and, you know, Mrs. Jones on the other side of the table. And we would talk about what do you want? What do you want? Let's make it done. I'm getting paid the same thing. Was it a little bit more work? Yes. Um, and, and maybe I would throw in, you know, instead of listing it at 3%, it would be 4% to me, but it's still saving that seller money, right? We're creating a win-win. Maybe we're using that savings for the repairs so that the, again, the market's different right now. So it's a little more challenging, but um, yeah, I think it's just, it's knowing what to ask for as, as right. the seller, you know, it's your house, it's your investment. And I think that's a big challenge with the industry too, right? We, we talk about selling houses. Well, this, these aren't things that we've made. They're not things that we've created. They're not things that we own. Right. We are just a marketing, we're just a portal. Right. And right. like agents have, you know, kind of lost track of what our value is in this new economy. Right. Because yeah. our value prop is changing. Part of me wonders, like, I wonder if the seller were to read this, what they would think. Like, I don't know. Just curious if they would be cool with it or if they'd realize they lost, lost out on money. Uh, I would, you know, be, I would be cool with it if I lost out on $10,000. Right. right. I wonder um, if she changed her commission too. Yeah. Oh, that interesting story. Okay. So. And typically they don't, because if I've listed the house at 6% or 5%, that is the listing price that's selling that seller has agreed to pay. It goes to the listing brokerage. And then that listing brokerage pays the buyer's agent. Right. So, so even if it's, that's, even if it's even, you know, even if the, the client one. comes in and says, I'm not working with an agent, right. That doesn't mean that they're not taking the agent fee. You're not saving any money. Right. Again, unless you know the questions to ask. Right. Which is really good. So, and I see this on one of the subgroups a lot where they say, skip the agent, tell the listing agent, um, to give that two and a half percent back to the seller. Um, or to give it to yourself. Um, but can but that you- could be a very strategic way to buy a house. I mean, this is where right. I'm struggling right now on representing buyers because, and I just did this on a, on a, I'm going to make it blackballed here. I just did this <laughs> on, a, on an offer where I offered a percent back. And I told her, I said, I don't care if the seller takes it, if you take it or whatever, but a lot of the houses I showed this week were just two and a half percent to the buyer's agent. You're at three. If if you've got two offers at five twenty five, and yet you're gonna the seller's gonna have to pay me a little bit more. I wanted my offer to be a little bit more attractive. If you were the buyer, you could absolutely. If you're not working with an agent, you could do that. You could come to your agent and say, you know, I found the house. You've not shown me houses. This is the first time we've seen them. Mm-hmm. Will you use your commission as a, as a bargaining tool. Right. Right. Again, I could get saying that, but I mean, in this market, when it's so hard to get a house, we're really kind of standing in the way. Right. Right. Because that's an extra on a $500,000 home. That's an extra 15,000. The seller is paying. So if I could say, Hey, you've got offers at five fifty because things are going at 50 over, but I'm not using an agent. I'll pay five fifty. Right. But I don't have an agent. And again, it's going to be a little challenging depending on the brokerage. Right. Right. Um, and it's not always going to work. That's not always going to be in your best interest. Right. I, you know, I've seen homes that have been 550 and they were overpriced. They fall through. You have nobody protecting you at that point. Right. Yeah. It's definitely so, risky. You know, that's where you call me. I'm a consultant. I come up with a flat fee and we walk you through it and give you different options. But yeah, it's just it's just tricky right now. It's right. just tricky. Right. Um, okay. Anything else <laughs> on this lovely story? 
Uh, I have this, great story for the buyer. I hope, I hope the seller sees this someday. Part of me was like, oh, I wonder if I could just like, you know how I like to screenshot stuff and just send it on over to them. Uh, Do you know right. who the seller is? No, I just oh, know it's like yeah. North. Every exactly. single one of these stories so far has been like Northeast Florida, Florida. <laughs> that's what you said. I don't know what's happening. These are though. tough markets though. Those are, that's yeah. a tough market. There's uh, a lot going on there and there's a lot more agents than there are houses for sale. Right. Want to share your experience with us? Drop by therealestatereplay.com and submit your story or even ask us a question. 